Golden Knights lost last night to the Nashville Predators. I guess we could technically say the Silver Knights kind of lost last night to the Predators, given how many people are out for the Golden Knights. Uh, they play again tomorrow against Gerard Gallant, Ryan Reeves, and the New York Rangers. We'll see who is able to play for Vegas in that game. They also have Flurry and the Blackhawks coming to town on Saturday. But looking into the future because... This is much more interesting than anything that's going to happen in the regular season because as long as the Golden Knights make the playoffs, the regular season's mostly irrelevant. And as long as they're healthy once they get there, which is probably a bigger question than if they're going to make it. But the idea of how this team makes it work with the salary cap, because if they were fully healthy, they would not be cap compliant. They would be way over the salary cap thanks to the trade for Jack Eichel. So the Athletic went through a couple different options that the Golden Knights could explore to make room for Jack Eichel. Um, the first one involves trading away Laurent Brossois, who's making $2.3 million, plus one of their forwards that's making $5 million. There are three of those. Riley Smith, Jonathan Marchessault, and Evgeny Dadnoff. First off, do you like that idea at all? Where you move out your backup goalie, you'd go with Logan Thompson in that situation, and you'd move out one of those forwards to make room for Jack Eichel. I like it more than the uh, what you're going to talk an option too with the big names and the big salaries because I think those are players you need. So I don't mind. Everyone's always said Riley Smith, Riley Smith, Riley Smith. Uh, and again, do you believe in the backup goalie? You know, do you believe in Logan Thompson? If you do, then move Brassay. I would say this on trading away the backup goalie and Laurent Brassois. I don't believe they're winning the Stanley Cup if he's got to play. Oh, I agree with you there. So then sure. there's no, no difference in no. him and Logan Thompson. No. Like I like, right. no, like they're if, not gonna win the cup if, if one of those Leonard's, guys are in net. If Leonard's hurt they're not gonna for win the, the postseason, I don't think Laurent no. Brossois is winning a cup for the Golden Knights. No. I don't think Logan Thompson is either, but there's no to me there's no difference in the two. Like Brossois this you know, he's the insurance policy for Robin Leonard, but I don't think he's a good enough insurance policy. So to me, I'd have no problem whatsoever. Trading away Laurent Brassois. None whatsoever. If if you got to move that guy, you move that guy I mean, and you're fine. I think they're really good. And when everyone's healthy, they're going to be tremendous. I mean, I don't know what you think of this. I'm not convinced yet that Robin Leonard will win him a cup. Yeah, I'm not either. Never yeah. mind. The yeah. backups, forget about it. They're yeah. not going to win four games against a really, really good team. But on the forwards, so uh, Riley Smith is a free agent after this year. Evgeny Dodonov has one more year after this year. Jonathan Marshall has two more years after this year. If you're trading one of those three, are you trading Smith simply because he's a free yeah, agent? He's a free agent year? Because I think you're going to move him anyway. So here, okay, let's go to the second option here, where it is simply instead of trading a five million dollar forward plus Brossois, you just trade somebody else that's making more than five million dollars, which would be Stone and Petrangelo have no movement clauses. Outside of that, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, Shea Theodore, and Alec Martinez. Which one would I move? Given Jack Eichel's coming, this will it might surprise you. I might move William Carlson. I think I agree with that. I think I move him because Jack Eichel and Carlson play the same position, right? Um, and if you're making room salary cap wise to fit Eichel in, it makes more sense to get rid of a forward than it does a defenseman, right? Because I. Michael is not a defenseman. And I would take so, Pacioretty over Carlson every day. A healthy Pacioretty. So here's here's a question I have for you. 
if you're the Golden Knights and you're deciding, like if if they decide, hey, we've got to trade somebody because Eichel's ready to go and everybody else is healthy or whatever, we've got to trade somebody to make this work. Should the gold? Okay, let me ask it this way to you: Can the Golden Knights win a Stanley Cup without Max Pacioretty? I think they is Jack Eichel healthy. Yes, I'm telling you, Eichel's healthy. They're fully they, healthy, but Max Pacioretty is not a part of the team. Can they win the Stanley Cup? I'm more worried about Leonard than I would be if Pacioretty wasn't there. And if I give you any of these names: Smith, Marchessault, Dodonov, Carlson, Theodore Martinez, I tell you, you lose one of those players. Can they win the Stanley Cup without any one of those players? I believe they can. Okay. So do I. And so here's my question. If you're the Golden Knights right now and you're looking at this saying, okay, what's the best option? If you trade Riley Smith, he's a expiring asset, right? right. The team that's trading for him is going to get him for half a season. He's a rental. So you're not going to get a big return for Riley Smith. But if you were to trade William Carlson's under contract for like five more seasons or something like that, and he's 28, or Shea Theodore, who's under contract for three more seasons and is 26. You're probably getting a good return for those players. Now, because you're trying to shed salary cap, you're probably just getting draft picks. Right. But like right. if I if I told let's do Shea Theodore as an example, right? If I said, hey, you gotta move Shea Theodore or Riley Smith to make Jack Eichel fit, right? Riley Smith is gonna get you back a third round pick. Shea Theodore is going to get you back two first-round picks. Really? I, I'm just... I, oh, I was just saying. I, I would, then I would take the two first-round picks. I would, too. I would take because the two first-round picks. How, although, that's your, that's a future asset. That's not going to help you in 2022. That's going right. to help you in... 2025. If that. Like, right. it's going to help you way down the road. I think you have to entertain yeah. that idea. Because I'm with you. Any one of these players that we've mentioned that you might have to trade to make Jack Eichel fit... The Golden Knights can win the cup without Absolutely. any one of them, right? I think Pacioretty's probably I would the one take, they need I the would most. not move Pacioretty out of the four you have down there. Yeah, I think uh, Carlson may because he plays center and you have some more insurance in case guys get hurt during the playoffs that the center position is going to be fine. But like those would be the ones I'd be least likely to trade. But like you tell me Shea Theodore right now. he Listen, he's 26. He's still young. He's on an affordable deal for the next couple of years, right? You can very much trade him and say, look at the upside this kid's got. He's mm-hmm. 26. You've got seven, eight years of mm-hmm. this guy potentially being like a top 15 defenseman in the NHL. You can absolutely get something in return. You're not like the Golden Knights have been trading from bad leverage for a long time right. now. They traded the guy who won the Vesna for nothing. They literally got a guy in return and then immediately waived his rights. Like they traded the Vesna trophy winner for nothing. They've been trading from bad leverage for a long time. And if you trade Riley Smith just to make Jack Eichel fit, you're again trading Trade from a position yeah. of no leverage. Right. But if you turn around and say, listen, we got a 26-year-old defenseman who's not making a ton of money, who's probably going to be really good for eight years. We're trading him. You're now trading from a position of leverage. You can now get something in return. And again, it's not going to help you in 2022, but it'll make your team stronger in 2026 or whatever. But I th- I like that better than trading Riley Smith for a mid-round pick. I think that's a better way to go about it because I still think you can win this. I don't think your chances to win the cup change that much if you move Theodore versus you, if you move Riley Smith, right? I don't think it's that no, big of a difference. absolutely not. And in the offseason, yes, it hurts because Riley Smith might walk away, 
but you can find somebody that's going to give you Riley Smith level production, right? You can go sign another forward, another winger that can give you that level of production. So I'm a fan of trading somebody that's going to bring you back an asset and, and a good asset, not a mid round pick. I'm a fan of, Hey, if they, if somebody were to say, Hey, we got two first for Theodore or a third for Riley Smith, I'm doing the, I'm doing the two firsts because the two firsts. That's just you're finally trading from a position of of strength where for a year and a half every trade they've made yeah. they've been they've been battered because they're trading and they've just got to get under the salary cap somehow. We saw it was Nate Schmidt, Paul Stasny, the Flurry one's probably the worst because again they got they got nothing. we got Jimmy back and we don't know whatever happened to Jimmy because he never made it. They immediately just sent him back to Chicago. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, we don't want him. Eh, we don't need him. We'll we'll renounce his rights. You guys can have him. Like they got nothing for Flurry. That'd be the same situation with Riley Smith. You'd be getting practically nothing in return. Now I do want to answer this because the weirdness of this weird fan base you have down there. Which of these players being traded would upset the fan base most? Marcus or Petretti? I don't even think it's close. If they traded little Johnny M, oh my God! I mean, it wouldn't be like Flurry, but if they traded gutsy little Johnny M, I mean, there'd be. Absolutely. Over Pacioretty. I don't know. Pacioretty's a great goal scorer. Like, I don't look at Pacioretty as anywhere near one of the leading people that fans like. No, they like him. You know what I mean, though, that are, that are they're fanatical about. I mean, Wild Bill and Ooh. Marchie and, and, and all, all these what weird What do you think nicknames. we could get for uh, Carlson and March? So <laughs> Package them if, together. If it was one of those two, <laughs> if it was one of those two, Kira with her Golden Knights jersey she, on. She today. literally just. Kira's crying. She just Kira, is, Kira is clutching yeah. her heart. She's crying. And it's not the Starbucks jack up each morning. Uh, if it was Carlson and March show in that question, I'd still say March show. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm I, curious on the Patch Ready thing you just. I just. Said. I'm not saying you don't, don't think like he's top him. five. Stone is more. Stone, Carlson, Mar- March show are are top three at this point. Absolutely. Pacioretty's fourth, uh, isn't I'm he? I'm not going to include Leonard. <laughs> Leonard's last. <laughs> Leonard's last. Pacioretty's I, fourth, isn't uh, he? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of people like Theodore, Petrangelo. I think people have. I, I shouldn't uh, say turned on. I shouldn't say turned on Theodore. People have have soured on Theodore a little bit this year. He has definitely okay. not been as good as he has been in the past. Maybe he's fourth. I just think those three are f- okay. Ahead of and that, like, that's, I think they're yeah. far ahead. Of I him. think that's fair. But I. I I think he's fourth. Like I okay. think it's it's Stone, Carlson, Marcheseau, and then I like Petrangelo. See, I think the first one there would be Marcheseau. I I do. Uh, I think they love that. Stone though is the captain. I think I think it's Stone. I think it's Stone. Okay, then Stone, Marcheseau, yeah, Carlson. I think, I think so. Marcheseau's over Carlson. I think so too. But I think Petrangelo, uh, like Petrangelo, Smith, Theodore are all in that same tier as Pacioretty. Right. I think Pacioretty's ahead of him. I think I think more people. The only thing is, does Smith get a bump because he's been here since day one? And that's yeah. who a lot of people have connections to the he guys. Just doesn't that have, have been as good a nickname as Patches. <laughs> Patches. Got have the nicknames in there. Got to use the nicknames. Always use the nicknames. <laughs> Kira is just beside herself. Dying. We got to stay. We got to stay positive. If this team, oh my god, if this team managed to trade away in what? Less than two years. Oh, Flurry and Marcius. Nate, Nate Schmidt, Schmidt, Ryan Reeves, Marc Andre Flurry, oh. and Jonathan Marcheseau. We Can would be talking. Imagine. Ta- like, go back two years. Those are the four most favorite players on the team, right? Those are the four most beloved players on the team two years ago, 
right? Flurry no, Reeves, Marcheseau, and... I think there was a Schmidt. time where it went Flurry Schmidt. Yeah, Flurry Schmidt, and then Reeves Marshall was obviously Reeves, there. Yeah, exactly. Marshall, like, Mark Stone was still... Was he even he was, captain? He, he was wasn't new. Even he wasn't yet. even the captain yet. He like, was new. They knew he was a good player, but... I, in all seriousness, two years ago, those were the four most beloved players on the team, right? I, like, we're not missing... Am I missing somebody? No. It was no. Schmidt, Flurry, Marshall, and Reeves. and Reeves. Those were the top four, and... If they move Marshall at the deadline, we'd uh, be talking about in two years trading away the four most beloved players on the team. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great. It, it, it would be to see the reaction on Marceau. I mean, Ooh. I'm going to go Saturday night and talk to people in the uh, concourse there because there'll be, what, 70,000 Flurry jerseys there um, to see, you know, the whole reaction of You Fleury. might want to double mask. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, well, Kira doesn't you like that mega, comment either. A little blowhorn? <laughs> Yeah. Could you go blowhorn to yell hey. across? Hey, yo. What'd you think and about the oh train? Oh, my gosh. Borrow J.R. Starkus's scaffolding. Set yes. it up in the yes. concourse and just literally stand up there screaming at people. And be like, don't come too close. Just uh, shout the answer back. You're going to go talk to people in the concourse? Oh, I feel well, I'm sorry try for to, you. I'm going to, you know, I might, I might actually do it outside okay. and social distance. Find the guy. When I went to a preseason game in the, the sat in the stands. Find the guy who was wearing a Chicago Blackhawks Marc Andre Fleury jersey. Oh, I like that. And had two Golden Knights patches sewn onto it. He had the Golden Knights Ooh. inaugural season patch sewn onto it, and then Gross. just another Golden Knights logo sewn wow. onto his Chicago Blackhawks Marc Andre Fleury jersey. I'll be looking jersey. out for that kid. Find I that guy. Love it. Find him. He's Ugh. great. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Sam and Ash joining us now. SamandAshLaw.com. 702-820-1234. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, you guys. How was your holiday break? Oh, well, good. Relaxing, I think. Cold. Cold? Where'd you go? Oh, I was in in Vegas. It was cold. (laughs) Whatever. You're a California kid. I've been walking to work. It's cold. You're a California kid. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. (laughs) All right. Unfortunately, we get to do this with you every couple of months, but another Raiders player (laughs) has been arrested for DUI. Nate Hobbs was found asleep in his car at 4 a.m. in a parking garage. Uh, The police say he failed a sobriety test, was arrested, and charged with DUI. Now, his attorneys have come out and said, this does not, this should not count. There's nothing about this that says it should be a DUI in Nevada. So can you guys walk us through Someone's asleep in their car. They fail a field sobriety test. What determines being asleep in your car and that leading to a DUI in Nevada? So there are a few different things here that are going to matter. Uh, the the first and foremost is uh, if if you're intoxicated, right? If it's a .08 or higher, uh, that's an element of this. And and if and if you're the car isn't moving, right? If you didn't get pulled over. And you're snoozing the question is are you in in control of the vehicle and there are a few different factors that matter it matters if you're um if you're in the driver's seat that's that tends to indicate that you could be in control if and it's somewhat antiquated right it's a key in the ignition now a lot of cars right now have push start right you know electronic keys so the, the the readiness i the way i interpret that is a readiness uh, by which you're able to get the vehicle into motion. And then finally, what also matters is is where the car is, where you're snoozing, right? If you're in a place that is accessible to the public, um, and, and so here he was 
he and it, it's not a parking stall, right? But he was on a ramp. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, again, I, I don't know his the, his lawyers. They their their objective here is to muddy the water and to obviously confuse everybody about it. But the and the officers, you know, will occasionally arrest people who don't qualify under the. Uh, under the DUI law, and they'll arrest them for DUI, and people will get will get exonerated later. But um, if he was behind the wheel and 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 he had his keys on him, and he was truly on a uh, in a parking uh, parking garage on a ramp, uh, then this is probably a DUI. So the car, it, the the situation of the car being on doesn't matter if he's in the driver's seat and it appears to be in control, and there's no one else in the car, and he's the only one in it, but he's behind the driver's seat, whether the car is on or not, and thankfully it wasn't, um, that that has nothing to do with it? Well, that's part of the, It's one of the factors you look at. Like, a great example would be is if he's laying down in the back seat of this car on the exit ramp, the car's on, and the officers show up and wake him up, and he goes, wait, where did the driver go? Like someone was driving me. Now that's a different situation. It's as opposed to a vehicle being on and him sitting in the driver's seat, passed out on an exit ramp. Probably not a good situation if you're saying, where'd my driver go? (laughs) Well, what if he really did have a driver (laughs) disappear? I mean, he was being the responsible one with the designated driver who happened to leave the scene. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm making a defense for him. I think for people listening, if if you are if if you have to get into your car and sleep it off, don't sleep in the front seat. Sleep in the back yes. seat. Yes. And literally, you know, put hide the keys somewhere. Um, remember where they are later. But but that's <laughs> that's a critical part of this. And don't drive. If again, one of the things you can get convicted on in Nevada is a is a is a presumption that you operated the vehicle while you were drunk. So in in this case. If he drove, look, if they if they found him passed out asleep after he'd already driven a distance, presumably from a parking spot to wherever this this ramp was where he was stopped, you know, there there is an understanding and implication. He didn't stop to drink along the way in the parking garage, right? Right. So don't go anywhere. Don't, you know, it, it, it just park your car. If you can't get an Uber home or a taxi home, sleep it off in the back seat because if you're in the front seat or if you try to operate the vehicle, move it for a- a- any distance, uh, you potentially uh, are in violation of Nevada DUI laws. I am curious, and and in the Nate Hobbs situation, it doesn't appear as though there was any uh, damages to anybody, but I'm curious, like, in the future, we have now had, Josh Jacobs was arrested for DUI. Ultimately, the DUI was dropped because uh, he was under .08, but we've also had the Henry Rugg situation. Now we have had Nate Hobbs. If there's another Raiders player that injures someone or injures property uh, because of a DUI, like is there at any point where the Raiders can be held responsible because they continue to have so many problems with players and DUIs? Well, the critical thing is you're always looking at where and when these incidents happen and so what every lawyer that gets one of these claims from someone who's been injured at the by a raider is they're looking to see was he at a raider sanctioned event right before Mm. but i'm with you guys i think this is getting out of control and i as the nfl all the money they make all the money these players make the organizations make etc there needs to be some level of responsibility for these young players you know five years and under there needs to be effectively almost you're on the clock 24 7. so the and it puts the organizations on notice to take care of it and figure it out and invest in these players 
beyond just the playing field. What's Nate Hobbs? I keep reading misdemeanor DUI. Can you go over this? And what would would it be a fine? What what could Nate Hobbs be looking at if, in fact, they that everything's found out and this is exactly what happened? Well, this is the this is the lower level DUI. He didn't hurt anybody, right? right? So this is a this is a you know there's no there's no vehicular manslaughter charge. There's no uh, thankfully, right? This right. is um so th- this is just what we would call a st- very you know a standard DUI case. But he could lose his license for up to a year. Um, there could be I think a two thousand dollar fine. Again, I don't you know we're not criminal attorneys, but this is a um th- th- you know he, there could be a fine. But it's it's really the the professional embarrassment here that's the that's the bigger issue. And so he's lawyered up with a you know with a tough crew that. Kept busy with uh, with, with the, the Raiders, Raiders. Uh, roster, <laughs> and um, and 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 they're you know they may very well get him off on on this. Um, this is this may not be worth the fight. You know, rugs obviously that that case is is very different. Right. But um, but here this is you know he 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 kind of almost did the right thing by falling asleep. Um, you know before he hit the road. But um, bad news, bad right. news. Uh- Eagles, they play in Washington. They win the game. Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, walking off the field, saying hello to some fans who are in the stands. Then suddenly they are no longer in the stands because a (laughs) railing broke and about five or six of them fell into the tunnel area where Jalen Hurts was walking. The railing and fans did not hit Jalen Hurts. They did fall partially on a photographer. Um, this seems pretty clear cut that if there had been any injuries, Washington and the stadium are at complete fault. Yes. That's, yes, that's, that's interesting. They would be. And, but one of the things I always like to look at is what would the arguments be going against, you know, in favor of them? And they likely would try and argue that all these fans shouldn't have been leaning on this railway, but this railing, but realistically, every stadium owner every organization has to expect that because yeah. that's where players yes. go yes. and so and so fans are always leaning on these rails to get autographs high fives etc and so um that they, they would try to say that the fans caused it but ultimately the responsibility would be on the stadium photographers got have a bit of a case in if he busted his leg sure yeah absolutely i, mean, it, I would take it i mean and if, he, I, if he's doing his job and just sitting there taking pictures of jalen hurts coming off a field obviously he shouldn't be uh, put in harm's way. <laughs> I agree. Does, I agree. Does he have, because I, I, I don't know this. I think the photographer was fine. Like, I don't think he was injured, but it looked like one of his cameras got crushed by the railing. Does he have a case to basically say, hey, uh, you broke this $600,000, yeah, whatever it was. Those are expensive. You broke this. Uh, you guys are going to have to buy me a new one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's property a, that's damage a property, claim. Yep. Okay. Um, I, and I love that Jalen Hurts. What a great guy. He he was helping the photographer up after yes. he fell. Um, so I, I the, the video is really neat to watch because uh, I, I think you know it, it's a, it's kind of actually it turned into a little bit of a heartwarming moment. Did Did you see the letter Jalen Hurts wrote yesterday to Washington? I did. He yeah. wants some answers yeah. as to he, what they're doing yeah. to remedy, what caused it, and yeah. what they're doing to fix it and make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, zip ties. That'll hold it up next time. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I once held a drive shaft on a car for over like 4,000 miles with zip ties. So don't, don't belittle I, zip ties. I don't think NFL teams should take advice from Jared. Um, <laughs> Duct tape I, and WD 40. I am, I'm curious also, though, because we had uh, Washington came out and said, hey, Everyone was offered medical care and everybody left the stadium fine. 
we've had some of the fans that fell have come out and said, that's not what happened. They told us to get the bleep off the field. Like what's the expectation if you have a injury or potential injury to give spectators of an event medical care? Like, I don't like what's like, is there a, is there an, Hey, you have to offer blank to somebody that might be hurt. Well, you have, you absolutely have to be act reasonably. But one of the interesting things I saw this article about um, the fans saying they weren't offered medical care, but so I went back and I watched the video again. They all fell. They all got up. And then they were just more in, interested in being right there on the field <laughs> with Jalen Hurts. So no one was acting hurt. But one of the things that we've learned in our profession is injuries aren't always immediate. You know, you get back to like there's an adrenaline rush. You you know, five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by. And then you're like, ow, that really hurts or that tingles. And now you've got an issue. Um, so I see why the stadium maybe didn't immediately make a big stink but i'm sure they offered medical care to those fans it, they just didn't immediately seem to need it so okay if you're to somehow defend washington in the stadium here if the fans <laughs> say hey i'm fine and they leave and then four hours later they're like you know my shoulder really does hurt like obviously they're going to be liable because the railing fell, but like, yeah. do you get in trouble at all? If you offered, if there was, if they refused any yeah, medical if they decline, service, if they declined the medical service, but then four hours later, their shoulder hurts. Well, Just that's pretty, stadium, yeah. well, that's pretty common, right? I mean, people get hurt all the time. And in the moment when, when your adrenaline's pumping, you, you think you're fine. And it's very important for people to understand, even in the context of a, a car accident, for example, just because you didn't leave the scene in an ambulance or you weren't hurt the day, you didn't feel hurt the day that the accident happened, you could a week later even go, gosh, I'm starting to feel very sore. It's very common. It's normal. So it's in, in this particular case, that's not the stadium's fault that they didn't asked for aid or didn't take them up on the offer of aid. And it certainly doesn't preclude the people that, that later felt an injury from, from filing a claim and pursuing their rights for a personal injury case. All right. Well, hopefully they'll get their stadium fixed. That'd be nice, you know, <laughs> not have fans falling out, but probably not. Wouldn't expect it from them. They are Sam and Ash at SamandAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234, the phone number. Uh, guys, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, you guys. Happy hey, New Year. Great. Thank you. Happy New Year, guys. Take great care, to so. talk to you. Yeah, there is Sam and Ash Um, on the idea of having an injury and having it hurt later. One time I got rear ended. My sister was in the car with me and she hit her head on her own phone because she was looking at her phone and she was like fine when it happened. But later on, she had a bruise on her head. Right. It it was funny. I I enjoyed that. Have you were driving? Yes. Yes. Did you guys know? Well, I don't know if you guys ever played football, but did you never have a play where you like hit somebody hard and you like pop up and you're like, yeah. And then you start walking and all of a sudden just like, come, like wake up with a trainer on top of you going, <laughs> you collapsed. <laughs> no, I never collapsed during okay. any sporting event. I played Jerry. I have fainted at dinner, but not <laughs> I, while playing a sport. I may have been part of the generation that they taught lead with the crown of your helmet. <laughs> ah, yes. That bring that back. That's what Kirk Herbstreet wants. Bishop's briefs. And that's how you scrabble. Did you know, not only can the Raiders get into the playoffs, the Raiders can get the five seed oh. in the AFC. The, the four five, five game? They could be in the four five. They could play the worst division winner in the AFC. We do not know who's good in the AFC. That's true. That is true. Could be Cincinnati. <laughs> and here's the thing. There's there's a handful of scenarios. Um 
Some of them are very complicated, like uh, the Ravens beat the Steelers, the Dolphins beat the Patriots, uh, and the Raiders win. There's a couple of other bigger ones, like uh, Jacksonville over Indy, Pittsburgh over Baltimore, the Jets over Buffalo, New England over <laughs> Miami, uh, and the Raiders win, and they get the five seed. But there's one here. This is not the craziest thing I've ever seen. The Raiders win. The Colts win. Colts beat the, beat Jags, the Jags. And the Dolphins beat the Patriots. That's it? That gives you a three-way tie between Indy, New England, and the Raiders, and the Raiders win that three-way tie. Head-to-head. And they are the five seed in the AFC. That's very doable. Dolphins over Patriots and Colts over Jags, which is highly likely at this point. Are the Patriots just playing for – they're both playing for seeding, right? Patriots can win the division. Oh, they're playing. Yeah, they're playing. They're They're playing. Patriots still have a path. Very, very small. To the one seed? But they could still technically get the one seed. Okay, so they're serious this yeah, week. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the Patriots could finish anywhere from... The Patriots could be anywhere from the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, the five seed, the six seed, or the seven seed. So they are definitely playing for seeding. Uh, no, I think they cannot be the seven. They cannot. They can be the six. But the Raiders could be the five. Like, they could get the five seed. <laughs> Again, you need... Who would be the worst? You need Miami. Uh, you have Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. So, okay, and that's where that's where this Bischoff's briefs is going to go today. I don't know if it's good for the Raiders to get the five seed. It might be better for the Raiders to get the seven seed. But it all depends on who you think you'll want to play in the AFC. Because Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and New England can all still get the one seed, right? Most likely it's Tennessee or Kansas City, but Cincy and New England still have a path. The two seed could be Kansas City. It could be Tennessee. It could be New England. It could be Cincinnati. It could be Buffalo. Three seed. All the teams could be the three seed, right? And the four seed, anybody but New England of those teams. Buffalo, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Kansas City can be the four seed. By the way, thanks to Dennis Selman on Twitter, who's got the... uh, He's, he's got, got a, he's got a old, fun uh, chart, very easy to follow, okay. based on what results, who gets what right. seat. But basically, what I'm telling you is we have no idea who's going to be the two, three, and the four, which is whoever the two, three, and the four is, that's who the Raiders would play if they get in the playoffs. They play one of those teams. It could be Buffalo. It could be Cincinnati. It could be New England. It could be Kansas City. It could be Tennessee. It could be any one of those five teams could still be the Raiders' first okay. round matchup. Are you going to tell me who you think you'd want it to be? So, if I'm the Raiders, I do not want to play Kansas City. That is the right. number one team I do not want to play. The number one team I do want to play is Tennessee. Tennessee. I want to play Tennessee. Yeah. Now, the Titans play Houston. They beat Houston. They get the one seed and they get a bye. And, and you don't play them. Nobody plays them in the first round. So, that might be irrelevant. If we're now talking about Cincinnati... Buffalo and New England. I I think is Joe Mixon off the COVID list? I think. Uh I think <laughs> New England. I think so too. <laughs> and I'm going by the quarterback. You guys have no freaking clue. I'm going because, by the quarterback. Because here's my logic with the Patriots. They have a very good defense, there's a very good chance the Raiders go to New England and score three points right. and don't have a chance. But of all the teams in that grouping, the Patriots are the one I expect to score 35 points the least, right? Yes. I th- Cincinnati. We've right. seen Cincinnati and Kansas City do it to the Raiders right. this Already. year. Already. 
Buffalo, and Cincinnati did it here. Right. Buffalo, <laughs> they haven't played them, but Buffalo obviously can put up 35. The Patriots have put up 50 points against really bad teams. They can put up 50 they points. They did it last week. Right. But I think that the Raiders' path to winning playoff games is 20 to 17. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Right. You think somebody's getting to 20? Yeah, that's their path. 14 they, to 17. They did, they did it last week, Jared. They just did it against a playoff team in the Colts. I think you're more likely to beat the Patriots 20 to 17 than Kansas City, than Cincinnati, than Buffalo. Or Buffalo. And I think you can beat Tennessee 20 to 17. I do. No, Tennessee's well. the of all those teams, right. which is ironic given if they win, they're the one seed. If I'm the Raiders, I want some kind of path to where I play them. So here's the argument for why the seven seed would be better than the five or the six. Because if let's let's assume Tennessee gets the one. Let's assume they beat Houston and get the one. If you're the seven seed and you win your first round game, the NFL reseeds, right. and you would go play at Tennessee. Right. So whatever. So if you're the seven, and if somehow New England sneaks its way into the two, which I think requires a Denver win over Kansas City, so unlikely there. But if you if New England sneaks its way into the two, and your path is New England and Tennessee, Tennessee. to get to the AFC title game, again, I think more likely than not, you go to New England and you lose 20 to three and your season's over, but that's your most likely path to the AFC title game is New England winning that game 20 to 17, beating Tennessee 20 to 17, and you don't have to play a good quarterback until the AFC until title you game. Play, play Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Are we genuinely creating playoff scenarios where We're, it comes down to Daniel Carlson? <laughs> Yes, every yes. single. Yes. That's how they win, Jared. Where have you I, been? I don't. I get that. The only way they win, they, they walk how, it off. How can you have? I, I don't understand how a fan base can have any faith in their team whenever it's like, well, it's always going to come down to our kicker. Listen, you tell this me. This is a right game now? of running, catching, yeah. tackling. But what we do is the one thing. Well, is the one thing a game that it's just not, not a football thing. They extended him for a reason, Jared. Win the games for him. So. <laughs> Again, we don't know where New England's going to end up. Right. And it's more likely than not that Buffalo wins the division than New England because New England to win the division needs Buffalo to lose to the Jets. So most likely New England's going to be the five, six, or seven seed, right? They're not going to be a division winner, and the Raiders won't be able to play them in the first round anyway. But if they do win the division, that's the team I'd want to play, assuming Tennessee gets the one seed. And if your path could be New England, Tennessee to the AFC title game, I don't think they do it. But that's a there's a legitimate chance the Raiders could backdoor their way into the AFC. Title All of game. this is being talked about on Monday morning. We will say there's a press conference at noon to introduce Jim Harbaugh as the new coach of the uh, as, Las Vegas Raiders. As the Raiders finish nine and eight, and miss <laughs> yes, the playoffs exactly. again. <laughs> All, All of this is being talked about. Harbaugh will be introduced on Monday by Mike Mayock, who's remaining the general manager. But there is a legitimate shot for the Raiders to get the five seed. They can get the six seed and the seven seed, and obviously they can miss the playoffs. But I, but again, the problem for the well, I say problem, but by the time their game rolls around, everything well, else everything's will have been every, you're decided, gonna know everything, so yeah. you'll know. But there is a legitimate chance you'd rather be the seven than the five <laughs> okay. because of matchups. I think it's hilarious if, for whatever reason, they realize that and like not tank, but they're so excited to get the seventh. They, you know, I, I, they wouldn't tank because they have to win the game. But if if they're on the sidelines going, oh geez, Pennant, let's hope we're the seventh there. I mean, listen, if I t- if if I tell you the most likely scenario is Kansas City gets the two seed. If I tell you Kansas City's the two, 
uh, then you don't want to be the seven no. because the seven goes. But if to the New two. England's the four, but if I tell you that Kansas City lost and Kansas City falls to the three seed, and you're the Raiders, and all these events have happened, and you're like, listen, with a win, we're the five seed. With a loss, we're the, the seven seed. seed. Give me the seven seed and yeah. give me Cincinnati over yeah. Kansas City, even though neither one's great. I'm playing for a loss because right. I'm trying. I do not do not send me to Kansas City because no. I do not want to play no. that team again. So Raiders five seed, maybe some intentional tanking in the Sunday <laughs> night game. It's going to be great. You're locked in the press box. Ed, how many times have you had food delivered to your house via like Postmates or DoorDash or something? Uh, my daughter has done. My daughter actually delivers for DoorDash on her in, uh, as for some money. Um, I think she's done Uber Eats twice. I mean, not 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 much at all. Almost never. But how many how many times have you zero or you've never had it? I do Uber Eats on the road sometimes if I don't okay. want to go out. I like have Uber Eats a pizza while in New York. Adam and I did that. Well, the only reason we did that was we're walking back and we get a call and say, hey, Damon Arnett was brandishing guns on the video. We might need you to write. So we look at each other and said, well, we better get back to the hotel, but we're hungry because we haven't eaten all day. So we're going to order the pizza. Yeah, okay. But I, from the house and where I live now, where we live, I've never done it. Okay. So you haven't had any like issues with getting your food? Hmm. Well, no. Okay. okay. Lucky you. Because yeah, Kira's here today. And Kira tried to uh, DoorDash some Taco Bell breakfast, which, by the way, sounds like a terrible yes, idea. Yes, the, the, um, the premise alone was a bad idea. No, so the Taco Bell usually is fine, but I usually go pick it up. So then we had a DoorDash, and he got lost and like felt bad for the guy, but then the order was wrong. So it was just all a mess. Uh, not good. So I paid like woefully more for something that, uh, yeah. We basically we didn't get. I wonder if that happens any of with our food. more companies than homes, only because guys order at they order like Capriati's out at the Raiders facility. No chance they're finding it, and it's enormous <laughs> with the huge Raiders <laughs> sign on it that says Ender Mountain uh, Health Center and the Raiders. But like I th- I've been out there one time when uh, one of our buddies did it, and he had to he call the guy. Take a right here, take a left there. I mean, the guy had no idea where he was going. They could just leave it on the street corner and they can find yeah. it. Have yeah. yeah. I mean, the best one for me was during the pandemic. I ordered something on Postmates and the guy left it at our gate of our neighborhood. <laughs> like, didn't, okay. didn't actually come into the neighborhood and drop it off right at the, at the front gate? Door, at the gate mm-hmm. of the neighborhood. Okay. But they yeah. didn't tell you. No, I had no idea it was there. I, they, I just all of a sudden said, Your food's been delivered. I'm like, There is nothing here. <laughs> And they Postmates gave me a refund. I got to reorder the food. Okay. So we're not counting but, ordering pizza from a pizza place. No, it's no, pretty because no. we do different. that. We've done that yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Like, I also feel like pizza places don't mess up. That's I will say. They've yeah, never, they never, never get lost. Yeah. yeah, like pre-pandemic, I'd have to say the only places I ever ordered delivery was Chick Fil A because I got free delivery and. Of Pizza, and I feel but like from I, the but from the pizza place, right? But I feel like yeah, I've never had a pizza place like right. Leave it. Where at the are gate you? Leave it or at the something gate. What like if you were that? driving out? There's a huge box. You're like, yeah, someone's pizza. Is that thirty minutes or less thing still a thing? 
Like uh, if, if they get to you in 30 minutes like or... If one they of don't the pizza get places in, in town? Yeah, if they don't get to you in 30 minutes, it's free. Is that still a thing? No. I, I mean, don't think so. The wife would be at the door with the stopwatch. <laughs> and if that guy got there in 30 minutes and 10 seconds, she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not paying you for this. This is a free pizza. Oh, that'd be a free pizza, man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I think, you have the stopwatch on. I think they used to take those out of the delivery guy's, like, paycheck. Well, and so basically it would incentivize... The delivery guy to drive like a freaking yes. maniac. I I either read it or heard that that they took it out because they put their drivers in danger because the guy says I've got to drive a hundred miles and I just across the street because I've got to get there in thirty minutes or less, <laughs> which was probably a good idea. <laughs> the Chick Fil A that just opened up down the street from us. Oh, not the one in Sahara. No, no, yeah, they just opened one in Flamingo right across the two fifteen from. Oh, us. they did. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. what. Yeah. Tremendous. I don't think they do delivery yet. Oh. So I have not been able, able to order Chick-fil-A delivery. I go down past 215, there's a Chick-fil-A? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just on, yeah, just right open. Next yeah. The, right next to the Popeye's. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Just open. That's where I've been going in the morning. So. Huge huge lines? Not at, not at not 6.30 at when, I'm, when I'm there before the show. I'm sure there is for lunch. I've, I've told you this before. People here don't understand Chick-fil-A has breakfast, and it's my favorite thing on the right, menu. Right, In Mississippi, there's lines for days because just they for know. breakfast. Right, and it's delicious. But here, I don't think I've ever sat in a line longer than, like, three cars for breakfast. Now, for lunch, these places Oh, forget about lunch and dinner. You're done. Yeah, but breakfast is the best thing on the menu. They need to serve it all day, but nobody knows about that here. It's great.